0: Coming up on NRL teams, coach Kevin Walters finally makes a call. We reveal the Broncos' new number seven as they look to launch at home. Mitchell Pearce settles his future, but can he be the night they need? And has Valentine found a home at fullback as Manly unveil a new number one to replace Tom Trbojevic. Welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens and it is absolutely awesome to be joining you this season. Pumped that Round 1 is only a couple of nights away and stoked to be here alongside two legends of the game as well. Brett Morley, Robbie Farrow, great to see you both. Oh,
1: we're certainly looking forward to a big season. Obviously football back. It's had a very short off-season. Uh, it seems like Origin only finished about three weeks ago, but short summer, ready to go. Yeah. We're, we're back, Robbie. We Good to be back. We're back. Yeah. We are back. didn't get benched. We didn't. We're back. Zach Raley got benched. Yeah. We've upgraded. <laughs> you got, this, you so. got the number one Choneva. Yeah.
0: You it, nearly it, it, got yourself yeah. benched. How do you end up in retirement still in emergency in the off-season?
1: Yeah, I played a little bit of ice tag over summer uh, and I had a head clash with a teammate. So I was thinking that when I was sitting in the emergency ward. <laughs> I was like, 10 years ago I retired. I thought these days we were all done and dusted where you wake, you go to a game and then you end up in hospital then you come home. So, yeah, I had five stitches a few weeks ago. So... Um, not pushed into retirement, though. We'll be back for next <laughs> summer.
0: You are looking a little battered and bruised, yeah. but it is very good to see you back here with us. How does it feel, second off-season, second lead-in to round one, not as a player? Do you feel like you'd love to be running out or just like you're stoked to have missed a preseason?
2: Oh, look... Yeah, I've enjoyed retirement. I think it's. I've actually enjoyed being back involved in rugby league. I'm back at the Tigers now. Uh, Been there throughout the preseason, helping out with, with the hookers there and the, and the forwards. And I've, I've really enjoyed being back in that environment around the boys and a bit of banter going on. And that was probably the, the part I missed most about the year out. So, you know, we're not in a bubble anymore as last year. I couldn't head down to training and, and be around the team. Whereas hey, it's great to be back uh, involved and just looking forward to round one now.
0: What I read from that is that he loves the banter and you should just rib him mercilessly for the next 30 weeks.
1: I think, as Robbie said, like we had plenty of fun yeah, last year. It was really good. But I, I certainly know that the first year you retire, you actually sort of want... You don't want the, the routine of going to yeah. training, hanging out. You actually sometimes want to have a bit of breath and find out what your life wants to go to for the next chapter so it mm. seems like Rob's found that position you know had the 12 months away from it I would have thought when you retired there was no way you were going to think about coaching or going and, and helping out but now you're back in that role and want to do as you said you seem like you're enjoying it Yeah it is it's good you know it's
2: obviously uh, you know, a club that um, I've been involved with for my, for my whole life so yeah. to, to give that To give back where I can, um, you know, is very close to me. So um, I'm really enjoying being back and trying to help out.
0: And I see they've made their way into your top eight. Can we have a look (laughs) at your predicted top eight for the season to come, and let us know where Heart and Head go across the course of these. Well, I think,
2: to be honest, I think the top four or five teams speak for themselves. I think, you know, they were the. The premier teams last year, and I think they'll be there or thereabouts again. The Raiders, Rabbitohs, Panthers, Storm, Roosters—that's yeah, that, the order I've gone for. But you can interchange those as you as you see fit. And then, look, I think the bottom half of the eight, there's, there'll probably be seven or eight teams fighting for those three spots. Mm-hmm. I've gone with the Tigers. I, I really think, you know, after nine years of not making the semi-finals, I think this is our year. And um, I'm really excited by the signings we've made: James Tamo, uh, Joel Fingawi, G- James Roberts, uh, Young Stefano from Parramatta as well. So. Uh, we've got experience, we've got speed, which is what I thought uh, we needed. Um, then I've also, I think, gone the Cowboys there to sneak in. Mm-hmm. I think Toddy Payton will, will make a really big impact up there in North Queensland. And I can't remember who my last team was on that list. the Cowboys the I think so the Eels might yeah, sneak so in. The yeah. they are, look, I, I don't think they'll be top four as they were last year, but I think they've got enough quality to make the eight.
0: Cowboys miss out for you, Noddy. Step us through your top eight. And there's a bit of heart in there from your no, perspective No, certainly as well. no
1: heart, no bias, <laughs> no nothing here. Uh, yeah, the top, as Robbie said, the top five. I've got South Sydney with, uh, I think, Jayara is a huge signing from and Latrell Mitchell fit. We saw that in the Charity Shield. Raiders, Penth- Penrith, Storm and Roosters. I've got the Gold Coast Titans actually absolutely flying this year. Uh, I think they're improved a long way. Newcastle Knights with Jaden Braley and Tyson Brazil, technically back with new signing, the Cronulla Sharks who haven't missed the eight I think, for the last six or seven seasons, all their senior players back training well, and I've got them in, in the eight So oh, that's think... that's without the head, without the heart. That's just pure <laughs> yeah. pure picking on form.
0: Without the head, John, are you sure? Nah, there's a bit the of head.
1: The head was involved. Uh, I, I'm, I think the Titans will go extremely well. I think there's a lot of hype around the Gold Coast. They've bought really well. Um, And for the first time, I feel like the game has got the club in order. The whole Gold Coast has got the facilities in order. So I'd love to see the Gold Coast be successful for the whole benefit of the game and the code. And if we talk about the new franchise coming to Brisbane, well, nothing better than having Gold Coast absolutely flying as well.
0: The countdown is absolutely on to that whistle, which lets us know that it is four o'clock and that means our teams are dropping for round one 2021 of the NRL. Let's have a look, shall we? Because it kicks off with an absolute marquee clash. On Thursday night, back at Amy Park, the Melbourne Storm hosts the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Big dibs on both sides to be there at the pointy end this season. Let's look at the home team first, shall we? No Harry Grant for the Premiers means Brandon Smith starts at hooker. A hamstring injury rules out Brenko Lee, so Remus Smith slots into his place at centre and George Jennings debuts for the Storm on the wing. Nelson Osofa-Solomona starts at lock in place of co-captain Dale Fanukan, meaning Jesse Bromwich will be the sole captain for this season opener. Back in front of their home fans where their opposition, the Rabbitohs, have had very little success. In fact, none. 16 losses in 16 attempts. Let's have a look at the Rabbitohs' side because Rabbitohs fans will be very happy to see Latrell Mitchell back at full back in his first NRL game since that hamstring tear. Josh Mansour will slot in on the wing. He's moved across from the foot of the mountains, of course. And I cannot wait to see how Wayne Bennett uses new recruit Benji Marshall. He's there in the number 14 jersey. And another new recruit as well, Jai Arrow. He'll make his Rabbitohs debut off the bench. All right, let's talk about the home side first. Robbie, Harry Grant, heir apparent. Is this a chance for Brandon Smith to dead down, call dibs on that number nine jersey.
2: Oh, definitely, I think he's obviously got the ambition to, to be a starting number nine, and it's it's a it's a great luxury for for Craig Bellamy to have, where Harry Grant's out and you bring in an international hooker to, to start in the nine jersey. And look, but I think there's definitely going to be room in the side, you know, for both of them when Harry Grant's back. Uh, you know, cheese, the hectic cheese. They play, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, can play, he plays a lot of yeah. lock as well, so. Yeah. You know whether he starts and then Harry Grant comes on off the bench uh, when he's back from injury, and then and then uh, Brandon Smith can move to lock. Whether you know, Harry Grant starts at nine, as I said, it's a, it's a great luxury to have. But th- I think there's no doubt that he's going to want to want to play well and, and put his hand up because you know, he wants to be a starting nine.
1: Uh, it's huge for the Melbourne Storm because they they spent all of last year on the Sunshine Coast. This is nearly the first game of football in Melbourne for 12 months, so they've got a great home round record. As you said, South Sydney have got a horrendous record playing against Melbourne Storm, but their first round victory under Craig. Bur- I mean, it's been unbelievable for the Melbourne Storm. They should get to celebrate this the round one, for example, for the fans coming back for the first time. They're out of lockdown. They're out of mm. all these COVID restrictions. I think it'll be a huge night there in Melbourne on Thursday.
0: They're out of Cameron Smith as well. The first time since 2002 yeah. that the Melbourne Storm have started a season without their main man. How big a void is that to fill in terms of his leadership, yeah. but also in terms of the aura of that he brings to a game, no, do You feel like a team with Cameron Smith in it will win the majority of the time.
1: And if you're in the change rooms and you've been around him, it gives you confidence because he rarely made a bad decision his whole career. He's been a winner and, as you said, in everything he's done, uh, so much of the game plan would have come around, off him. But, you know, Craig Bellamy's still there. Uh, obviously, that's a huge impact. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen's jumped out of the blocks the last sort of 12 months, 18 months, so he's taken the role of Billy Slater. Uh, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, certainly you know, have turned into that, that dominant half-5-8 combination. They've got such a leadership group down there in Melbourne Storm. They've been planning for this day one stage to happen. Uh, it's happened. We don't know where Cameron's gone, but we know that the Melbourne Storm would have to get over it and move on very quickly. I think,
2: I think the challenge with Cam not being there is in those close games, in the key moments in those close games, yeah. who's going to step up with their game management and get them over the line? We, we saw that so many times through Cameron's yeah. career. He was so good at you know, when the game was on the line... You know, whether it was kicking into a corner or coming up with the right play. So now that responsibility falls onto the shoulder of a, of a Cam Munster, of a Jerome Hughes, and are they good enough to step up without Cam being there?
0: Another guy who so often steps up in those situations is Benji Marshall. So awesome to see yeah. him there in the number 14 jersey for the Rabbitohs. How do you see Wayne using him this season?
2: Yeah, obviously it's you know, Benji thought he was going to retire <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's gone over to the Rabbitohs now and it's great to see him you know, having another season in NRL. and um, I, I think it's a great signing. You, you know, when you're looking at winning a premiership, you can't have enough experience. Yep. Um, you know, you've got Obviously, their, their halves are set in, in Reynolds and Cody Walker, but you know, it's a long NRL season. There's origin, there's rep footy, there's injuries. And to have someone like Benji Marshall in your squad that can, can step up and you know, step in the halves when needed, I think is, is going to be huge for South throughout the season. In that 14 role, I think the way the game's going with the changes in the rules and the speed around the ruck, I can see Benji playing in the middle of the park. Maybe not defending in the middle of the, in the, middle yeah. of the park so much, but um, I think they can really exploit the new rules. And Benji can come on with Damian Cook around the middle of the ruck, and then you've got... You know, it's almost like a 5 prong attack yeah. with, with Cook and um, yeah, Benji... Reynolds, Cody Walker near the side and Luttrell at the back. It's, it's a pretty uh, daunting sight for some opposition teams.
1: We, we spoke last year. We, we both criticised South Sydney about their leadership and we thought they'd struggle yeah. a bit last year. Boy, it changes in 12 months, doesn't it? Benji yeah. Marshall goes there now. Jai Arrow, who's a Queensland representative, goes there. Luttrell Mitchell's proved that he's that dominant fullback. Mm. Uh, all of a sudden... And, and the success of what they did in the charity shield, all the hype is around South Sydney. The hype of the NRL is around yeah. South Sydney, how they're going to go. So... It's a mouth watering clash in at round one, opening and night.
0: What about the matchup of the 2 fullbacks as well? You've mentioned yeah. Latrell Mitchell. Noddy, you yeah. mentioned Pappenhausen. That's worth tuning in. That's worth yeah. the price of admission alone.
1: Yeah, Clive Churchill medal last year. Ryan Pappenhausen, as you see there. The, the stats are unbelievable. Uh, a, a freakster, Ryan Pappenhausen, gets across the ground uh, with pace. Uh, Latrell Mitchell can beat you with pace, but also he has the ability to run over you. Uh, very, very, you know, you think about Ryan Pappenhausen's last 18 months of football. So he played for the Australian Nines at uh, the end of 2019. He goes off and plays in a winning Premiership side for the Melbourne Storm, gets the Clive Churchill medal. He's on the bench for New South Wales. A- and we see a fit in, um, flying Latrell Mitchell, the, the excitement there. The, the six to go to rule has made the game a little bit quicker. Um, the more ball in play means that there's going to be a bit more fatigue. So, you're right. The the, the the skillful players, the little players, the fast players. The game's opening up for them. It's so good to watch, yeah. and it's a great clash.
0: Oh, it's going to be an absolute cracking way to start the new season, that is for sure. All right, let's head to Friday night because we're going to the Hunter Valley. The Newcastle Knights will host the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs six o'clock kickoff right there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Let's look at the home side first because it is missing a few key players to start the season. Tex Hoy gets an opportunity at fullback with Kalen Ponger out. He might not be captain, but Mitchell Pierce is going nowhere. He announced today he's signed a one year extension to remain at the club until the end of 2022. Man will partner Pierce in the halves. Play Green, of course, sideline for now and Tyson Frizzell set to make his first start for the Knights in a new look back row. Mitch Barnett shifts to the edge. Connor Watson will play at lock. They are up against Trent Barrett's Bulldogs. He takes the reins for the very first time. He'll be looking to new halfback Kyle Flanagan to help spark their attack. Jake Avarillo will start at 5 despite a bit of an elbow complaint. A notable couple of debutants in the back line. Corey Allen has come across from South. He'll start at fullback for the Bulldogs. Nick Cottridge is a great signing too. He's there in the centres. And it looks at this stage like Dylan Napa will start the season on the bench with Jack Hetherington preferred at prop for round one. Some big news for the Knights faithful, and that is that Mitchell Pearce is staying put. He's re-signed right through to the end of 2022. Let's hear what the former Knights skipper had to say today.
1: Obviously, there's been a lot of talk, but look, I didn't never never wanted to go anywhere else. Uh, since coming up here, um, you know, I'm striving hard to achieve what we want to achieve. And, um, you know, I see myself as a Knight now, and I really want to um, you know, get a job done with the boys in the club up here. So.
0: Got plenty of fans in the Hunter Valley as well. Mitchell Pearce, they're going for the co captains this season. And I don't know, you really rate one of the guys who will be co captaining the side. But from Mitchell Pearce's perspective, Noddy, how much of a leader does he still need to be for this side to succeed?
1: Yeah, well, he can actually relax a little bit with the, with all the leadership decisions and, and things that happen Monday to Friday because once the game of football kicks off, Mitchell Pearce is the game organizer for the Newcastle Knights. He gets a lot of the first ball. He plays both left open side more often than anyone, so he doesn't go too often in the short side. So he touches the ball most. He's the main kicker, uh, so he's certainly the general on the field for the Newcastle. And maybe not having the leadership role will be, will be a bit of a weight off his shoulder. As you said, they developed a very good roster over the last sort of six to twelve to, to eighteen months. You know, Jaden Brayley, I thought. Was was a huge loss for him last year. He only played, I think, one game, and then he was unavailable. Um, he's running from dummy half. Is the key to take pressure off Mitchell. Connor Watson. If we talk about, we just spoke about mm-hmm. Benji playing in the middle. Well, Connor Watson is the first little player that's going to play in the middle who's got great footwork. So I feel like there's going to be a bit more space for Mitchell Pearce and a bit more freedom with the fact that um, Braley being there. Connor Watson, if it works, and in a few weeks' time when when Kalen Ponga comes back, I, I think this is really good signs for Mitchell Pearce.
0: One criticism has been that perhaps Connor Watson and Kurt Mann are too similar players to need both of them in that side.
2: I don't think so. I think, if anything, it'll free Mitchell Pearce up. Uh, yeah, they're both runners of the ball. Kurt Mann's a running 5'8. Connor Watson, quite nippy around the ruck as well. Um, so, again, I think, you know, as Noddy said, Mitchell Pearce is the general of that side. He will take control, he'll take onus of that team and lead them around. And, you know, we we'll, were we'll speaking earlier about um, you know, Blake Green maybe coming back in the side and whether you know, him and Mitchell Pearce are too mm-hmm. similar in terms of, of uh, being half, um, both half-backs really that want to control the team. So I really think they'll complement each other with Kurt Mann as a running 5'8 and, and Mitchell Pearce taking control.
0: Let's have a look at the Bulldogs then, Robbie, because obviously Trent Barrett will be, really be looking to spark the Doggies' yeah. attack this season. How does he get the best out of Kyle Flanagan?
2: It, well, I think, well, Kyle Flanagan obviously going there with a lot of... You know, expectation on his shoulders, but um, he's obviously he's going to give him the keys to the team, which I think he needs to do. And uh, again, similar to the Knights, they've got a running 5'8 in Jake Averillo who I've, I really got you know, high regard for. I think he's a really good young player, but yeah, the the strength of his game is going to be his running game. So Cole Flanagan really needs to, you know, take the team by the scruff of the neck and get him around the park. Uh, they've been criticised in the last three or four years for their attack or lack thereof. Uh, they've really struggled to score points in the in the last few seasons. So. Uh, I've got no doubt that Trent Barrett's gone in with some fresh ideas to try and get some more points out of this this Bulldog side and a lot of that pressure in, is going to be on the
1: shoulders of Kyle Flanagan. How many weeks does it take before they start? They'll play like Penrith. There's no doubt they'll play the Penrith yeah. attacking shape. Yeah. You know, the, the players they've recruited, they've got a one now, they've got a seven. Um, they've got the forwards allowed to play for How many weeks will it take for the Dogs to become a Trent Barrett coach side like Penrith were because we know they didn't pass the ball too often last year. They didn't ask too many questions. I think they yeah. scored more than 10 points on about four occasions. So, Attacking football for is not hasn't been a part of the landscape for a couple of years. How many weeks, how long have Canterbury fans got to take to see some excitement or some hope? I still think it's going to take time. You know.
2: With all due respect to the Bulldogs and their players, I, I think when you look at the Penrith roster compared to the Bulldogs roster, like it all starts at number nine for me. Mm. Yeah, and Penrith had probably the the best signing of last season, Api Koroa coming at nine, which really took the pressure off Nathan Cleary, and we saw the levels that his game yeah. went to. And when you're talking about Sione Katoa, who isn't really a a, a playmaking nine, so to speak, is not really going to have that deception out of dummy half. Um, so that's going to put more pressure on Cole Flanagan as well. I know. Uh, Jeremy marshall King will come back yeah. into the team as well, which will help. Um, I think it's going to take time. You know, they're, they're a work in progress, mm. the Dogs. Uh, I still think they're in a transition phase, a bit of a rebuilding phase. But uh, there's some exciting, exciting times there for them. I think they're a young squad, but um, yeah, with a bit of patience, I think there's a lot of potential in this squad.
0: Speaking of uh, rebuilding phase, let's head to Friday night, shall we? Where the Broncos' Kevi Walters side will take on the Parramatta Eels. And it is an 8.05 kickoff right there at Suncorp Stadium. And I know they're hoping for a massive crowd for the first game of the Kevi Walters era. Brody Croft will get the first crack at half-back. He's been preferred over Tom Dearden, who's been named on an extended bench. Anthony Milford has overcome a broken hand. He'll partner Croft in the halves. David Mead is back in Broncos colours. He's there on the wing, while John Asiata will make his club debut off the bench. There's no room for Corey Oates in the 21. All right, let's move to the Eels. The visitors are all but at full strength for the trip to Suncorp. Tom Opacek will play his first game for the Eels in the centre. Keegan Hipgrave and Isaiah Papali make their cub debuts off the bench. And we know the Eels have really enjoyed playing the Broncos in recent times. Three big wins in their most recent clashes. Robbie, Brody Croft gets first crack at it. Who do you think will get the best out of Milford and therefore out of the Broncos' attack this season?
2: Well, I think Milford needs to get the best out of Milford, to be honest. <laughs> I think uh, you know, he went up there as their marquee signing on big money uh, and I think it's always been who can get the best out of Anthony Milford, whereas you know, you're the marquee signing, you've got to perform at your best week in, week out, regardless of you know which half-back you got inside you, which full-back you've got. So... They need, they need Anthony Milford performing for them to have a good season this year. Yeah, Kevi Walters has gone in. They've obviously had a long, tough pre-season up there. Brodie Croft's got the nod as a halfback, which shows great confidence from the coach. Um, so he should be full of confidence going into this week. I just hope that they persist with Brodie Croft now. We saw last season with the Dogs and with yeah. the Dragons early on, when you're chopping and changing, especially in your spine, it becomes very hard to find any sort of consistency within your results week to week. So I think now that Brodie Croft has got the start for round one, I think Kevi Walters just needs to say, you're you're my halfback, and he's got to leave him there regardless of results for the first six to eight weeks of the season.
0: Speaking of Kevi Walters, I love the thought of him as a week-to-week NRL coach. What are you expecting from him, Noddy? Because I feel like it's going to be an awesome wild ride.
1: It it is. He obviously knows how powerful the football club, how successful the football clubs. He's won in multiple competitions there for the Brisbane Broncos, but in the heyday. Uh, they were horrendous last year. They finished with a wooden spoon the first time in a 32-year history or something. So, I don't think Kevin Waddle should have had to push them to uh, in the off-season, should have said, hey guys, you've got to you know, raise the bar a little bit. Your own pride, your own performance yeah. should push you out of, you know, you're the first team to win a wooden spoon for the Brisbane Broncos. So, you've got a fair bit to uh, to back that up with and play really well. So, less structure to what any, you know, the, the the, the, the coach there was last year. Obviously, um, I think Kevin Walters. When you watch Kevin Walters play, and comment, just seems like a guy that plays over the Evangelion and has a bit of fun. Has worked with some great coaches. Worked with Wayne Bennett for a long time. Worked with Craig Bellamy for a long time. So he's done a long apprenticeship. Gets a club that he loves. The old boys, the Queensland fans, should all be looking forward to that. Actually, as you said, Kevin Walters coaching the Brisbane Broncos. It's a really good mix. It's a result-driven business, though. So they're going to have to start winning and, and make sure they're very competitive very quickly. And this will be the first time probably in their history where they go in as... The, the little brother in terms of the
2: Queensland yeah. sides. They've always been, you know, the Brisbane Broncos they yeah. had that aura, you know, they were the premier side in, in Queensland. Yeah. But now you've got the Gold Coast that are on the up, you know, the, the Cowboys yeah. as well, and yeah. talk of a new Queensland side coming in, into the competition in a couple of years' time. So there's a lot of pressure on this Broncos club at the moment.
0: We'll see how they go. First up, they are taking on the Parramatta Eels, and Brad Arthur's squad—a pretty settled squad, you'd have to say. How does he keep things fresh this season?
1: Well, they're under a fair bit of pressure as well. If we talk about clubs, you know, they they were flying. They were leading the competition last year. We got about halfway through the competition. It's Parramatta doing so well defensively. They're playing great. They're using all this energy. Uh, And by the end of the season, there was a lot of pressure, uh, certainly on Mitchell Moses, that he can't actually take the game to the next level. They had the rest of players. There was a bit of pressure on. uh, In the end, their defence all went out the window yeah. and they really struggled so you know what it's, it's it's a tough game in our role we play 25 straight weeks I think it is there's, there might be a few little split rounds for the buyers it's a tough challenge there's now this season I think the closest comp we've got for a long long time so the, the bad sides have got a bit better so that puts more pressure on the good yeah. sides to keep performing Parramatta are one of the big, ha- the big teams in Sydney so there's always pressure on them but you know what? Winning, winning games of football make it more enjoyable. Having good blokes around at training makes it enjoyable. They've got all that. They've just got to put it into practice every week.
0: And we'll see how they go Friday night. Let's head to Super Saturday, shall we? Because the first game of our triple header on Saturday afternoon is at Central Coast Stadium. Three o'clock kick-off. We see the Warriors take on the Titans. Two teams who have gone hard on the recruitment drive in the off-season. Let's look at Nathan Brown's Warriors side first. Roger Tuavasa shek their skipper, their main man. This is his last year in the NRL. New recruit Ewan Aiken has moved across from the Dragons. And up front, Adam Fanua-Blake. Massive signing for the Warriors. And Jermaine Tonore Brown is forcing his way into the starting side. Wade Egan has recovered from injury in time for round one as well, which is really good to see. Justin Holbrook's Titans side. Plenty of expectation on their shoulders this season, and he's going to unleash a couple of his star signings in the back row. David Fufita and Tino, they'll be... Uh, Tino's in at lock, sorry, and David Fufita will start on the edge. In the back line, AJ Brimson, he'll be at fullback. Jamal Fogarty and Ash Taylor in the halves. No room for former Knights prop Herman saSE He's been named in Jersey 20. Alright, Noddy, Nathan Brown's first game in charge. He's been able to recruit really well yeah. in the off-season, especially in the forwards. How do you see things playing out in Roger Tuovas' checks last season?
1: Yeah, well, he'll be motivated, Roger. Obviously, we know he's going off to the rugby union uh, beyond this season. He's been so successful for the for the Warriors since he went over there from the Roosters. Um his winner I think it was a couple yeah. of seasons ago. Uh, he want to have a big year his last year. A huge forward pack. You know, as you see, you talk about him for Blake starting line. Ben Murdoch-Masilla comes back from the English Super League. So a very big, powerful side which is Sort of defies what every yeah. other team's done in the competition because we talk about the six-to-go rule and bits and pieces. If they can hold the football, because that's going to be the key, yeah. uh, they're not going to want to defend too many six-to-go calls continuously, but high completion rate... The, the good thing that the, Nathan Brown, who's the new coach, comes on the back-off is how well they did last year under Todd Payton. I felt like it's the most consistent year the Warriors have had for about 10 seasons. They're, under, they're not under pressure. They haven't made the eight for a long while. They're, they're, mm. They've been uh, not poor in that regard, but they've got... Recruitment right now—they they, 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 again, the hard part is for COVID in some regards. We don't know when they get the opportunity yeah. to go home. They played last year all, all living out of Australia, so was, it's a hard challenge for them. But I feel like it's—it's it's a good sign for Nathan Brown to come in for a couple of years and build this club into a successful, very successful organisation and start making semi-finals.
0: You had the Titans in your eight, Noddy. Robbie, they didn't make your eight. Can I ask you how you see this season playing out? Because there's massive expectations on some young guys, on some Mm. big signings. Is this a building year or do they really crack that eight this year?
2: I think they can. It was very hard for me to leave them out of the eight. I think they're a bit of an unknown, the Titans. You're just not sure how quickly they're going to gel. But in saying that, I think the way they finished the back end of last season was, was quite impressive. I think five wins on the trot to finish in ninth spot and... A lot of momentum towards the back of the season then on the back of the signings of Dave Fafita, Tino Fassuwa Ma'alawi, I think yes. is how you say it. Yes. Correct. Um, and, and for me, their X Factor player, their, their key man is AJ Brimson. Uh, you know, we saw him miss the first half of the season and they really struggled without him. And They were, they were a different side when he came back from injury. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually got him, as my ball prediction, to win the Dalian medal because I think he can be a standout player for them. And off the back of their go-forward and, and their edge-back rollers and the havoc they're going to create on the edges, I think, and he's got that natural football instinct where he's just going to be sniffing around those guys all day long. I think he can really capitalise on a lot of the opportunities that they're going to create for him. So uh, the, the Titans are an interest, interesting one yeah, for me. I, I think um, you know, depending on how their new signings go, uh, yeah, they, they can be the surprise packet this year
0: should be a cracking game. Let's head to the next one on Saturday afternoon. The 5.30 kick-off at the Sydney Cricket Ground, where the Roosters will take on the Sea Eagles. Trent Robinson's team are back at the SCG this season, and as usual, the expectations are pretty high around this powerhouse side. Let's see how they line up because there is very good news for the Roosters and their fans. Luke Keary named despite a bit of a hamstring concern. Boyd Cordner out for the first half of the year of course. Angus Crichton and Satili Tupanua in the second row. No Victor Radley, no Sam Verrills. The pair kept out for another week as they come back from ACL surgery. They're up against the Sea Eagles and Manly, on the other hand, have some serious injury woes already. Most importantly, Tom Trebojevic. That means Dylan Walker will start at fullback. There's a familiar face at 5'8", Kieran Foran, back for his first game at Manly since 2015, meaning there's no room in the 17 for Josh Schuster. And Josh Alloyer, Jason Saab and Andrew Davy will all make their debuts for the club. Noddy, Lachlan Lamb set to get the nod in the halves. I know you're a Sam Walker fan. He's waiting in the wings. Yeah. Who do you think will be the long-term partner in the halves for Luke Kiry?
1: Yeah, a lot, obviously a lot of pressure last year on Kyle Flanagan when he came in and replaced a guy called Cooper Cronk that went there and now won I two premierships him. and was a bit of a legend <laughs> at the club. So um, Luke Kiry, obviously, I, I think... The number seven position is what he's turned himself into. We saw him win the Clive Churchill medal in that first grand final win, took control of the game. Great manager and great kicker of the ball. So it means the younger kids, being a Lock and Lamb or a Sam Walker, can come in without the game management, without the pressure on him. Obviously, Lock and Lamb has played first grade now for a number of years, uh, played some test match football for PNG as well. So he's been around for a long while. A son of a club legend. So he gets first shot at it. Um, what he's got to do, he's got to be a really good support runner for. for for Luke Kiry, uh, he's got to be able to play up the short sides in some regards. He's got to be able to make his tackles. The good part for Lamb and also Sam Walker is because they're not the halfback and not the dominant seven, there is not as much pressure on them to manage the side. So it's a, it's a good thing that, that Trent Robinson has done, put the senior player and Luke Kiry into the half and let those two young kids come in and develop their game without the expectations of playing for the Sydney Roosters after a guy called Cooper Cronk.
0: Jared Maria Hargreaves, another senior player, named to start on the bench. Is that a bit of a surprise? I was really looking forward to him up against his mate Marty Tapau.
1: Yeah, I
2: guess you know it's probably a case of the, the young guys putting a bit of pressure on the old, older fella in the squad. But um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good luxury to have to bring Maria Hargreaves off the bench um, you know, in, in this game. And. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure whether, whether that's a game, game plan sort of thing yeah. where you, know, you want to keep him out of the opening exchanges and bring him on for that impact. But, you know, Lindsay Collins, Takao had to start the game as well. Uh, pretty strong, you know, three-man rotation there for the Roosters.
1: It, it probably brings Jared into the game a bit more because you think the first 20 minutes for the first round of the competition is high yeah. completion rates, get to the kicks and defend up. So Lindsay Collins can do that pretty well. So I, I would think Jared will come on about 20 to 25-minute mark. He'd probably nearly play the next 60 minutes with getting the rest of half time and be more damaging because the game's more open. Yeah. So, oh, I well, he's a bit older too, so maybe you know, you're at that p- well, He's right at the crossroads ro- cross road no, no, of his no, career no, to no, Robbie Farrell. <laughs> no,
2: well, you know, they're an ageing squad, the yeah. riches, and we spoke about it, like Jake Friend's a bit older. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Corden's out yeah. for the first half of the season. Uh, you got the Morris boys out on the edge. So, yeah. you know, is it a case of you know let's ease into the season yeah. and, and build up his, his time and, and manage him a little bit so that you know we don't want him burnt out by halfway through the year because that is, that is something you've got to factor in as you know, he's been around the game for you know ten or twelve yeah, seasons right, yeah. now, so and, and you're in the engine room it's it's a pretty tough gig, so you know has Trent Robinson got one eye on okay, well, you know we need to start looking after these these guys and make sure that you know when the whips are cracking towards the end of the season that they're they're physically at their best.
0: I'm going to be very careful with my segue here and mention nothing about older players as we move to Kieran Foran in the halves with DCE. Is this a really exciting... I mean, they're reunited, which I love, but is it an exciting prospect for DCE himself? Does it take the pressure off him in the halves that he doesn't have to be the creator of everything?
2: Look, well, I think it's it's great. It's obviously a, a nice story too, almost similar to kind of myself and Benji and up up at the Tigers. Um, no one ever you know, expected Daly Cherry Evans and, and Kieran Foran mm-hmm. Forw- to be back together again, and they had a lot of success there in the early you know 2010s, so to speak. Um, for me, the challenge for Manly is going to be two things: probably Tommy Turbo's you know, hamstring and whether that you know, how many games they can get out of him, yeah. because we've seen. Yeah, how different a side they are when he plays compared to when he doesn't play, um, and and, from, and I think their Achilles heel is still the, the hooking role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they let go of Api uh Fainu missed last season um, with the the no no, no stand out yes. policy, um, and they just haven't replaced him. And Lachlan Croker for me is not a natural nine, um, and I think you need yeah your number nine touches the ball more than anybody. They need to take the pressure off the halfback. Right. And that didn't happen last year for DCE and I can't see it happening again from from their hookers this year.
1: Yeah, we just had like the Roosters, Rabbitohs, and Penrith, they play th- their three of the first four matches. Des Hunter, Des ha- we remember last year we yeah. said this is on a Des Hasler coach side defensively because yeah. they leaked over 30 points on a number of occasions. So yeah. it, there's a bit of pressure there. There's great hype that, DC, that DCE and Kieran Foran are back together. Des Hasler a super coach. Um, you know, the unfortunate part is Tom's mm-hmm. injury f- for now, but... They lose. Uh, Aden Fennell, Blake has gone as well. So there's a bit of change here happening yeah. at Manly. There is excitement about Foran back in the halves at Manly. Like if they get back to what they were like and what they win the grand final 2010, 2011, 2011, 2011. 2011 yeah. When Foran and DC, it's got some good history there. Yeah. I think Dylan Walker's an interesting one at, at fullback.
2: Um, obviously last year they struggled with you know, Tommy Turbo being yeah. out and they they played various you know fullbacks there. You know week to week oh, yeah. they were chopping and changing. So. Yeah, you know, when you look at his style of game, uh, you'd think that he'd make a good fist of it as a as a fullback. So, you know, he could be a, a decent option uh, whilst Tommy is out.
0: Plenty of excitement at the foot of the mountains as well where the Panthers will host the Cowboys on Saturday night. This is a 7.35pm kickoff at Panthers Stadium. Let's check out the home side because they'll be looking to their homegrown talent to take them one step further in 2021. Charlie Staines will start on the wing after an epic start to his NRL career last season. Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo share captaincy duties. Of course, James Tarmo's departure for the Tigers. Moses Liotto moves into the starting side and Kurt Capel gets the knock over Liam Martin, he'll partner Viliami Kikau in the second row. Cowboys and there are plenty of talking points here with Todd Payton's first Cowboys side a shock at full back Scott Drinkwater kicking marquee man Valentine Holmes onto the wing Jake Clifford will get the first opportunity to partner Michael Morgan in the halves despite 2021 being Clifford's last season in Townsville Josh Maguire's working his way back from the hamstring injury off the bench and signing Lachlan Burr who's followed Payton from the Warriors is there on the interchange too Alright, they've locked up their youngsters, the Panthers, but they've lost a huge amount of experience in the process. Across the course of the season, do they have the level of resilience that a side needs to replace 700-odd games yeah. that they've lost this off-season?
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, they looked after a couple of their ageing players. You know, uh, One went to England, uh, one, James Tarmow, was given the opportunity to extend his career, for example, at the West Tigers. Success costs... Use some players unfortunately they had no injuries in season 2020 uh, they had the best success rate out of injuries they had the, the full roster for nearly most of the season uh, and the good part I think at one stage 15 of the 18 players that played on one of the rounds last year all made their debut for Penrith so they've got a great development program out there they rely on all those young kids Charlie Staines gets the opportunity to take Josh Mansell's position we saw him play um, a couple of games last year and score about 8 tries so hopefully he lives up to all that hype and expectations the key is going to be that they can they deliver what they delivered last year now that they're under pressure? Can they go one game further? Have they got the ability to handle pressure? And as you said, do they, do they struggle a little bit when they get that tiny bit of depth, which they didn't have to get challenged last year? So it's a big challenge for them and, and a new new attacking coach. We all, we, the hype was all about Trent Barrett last year and how he transformed all their attack. Um, so there's a bit of pressure on them
0: bit of pressure on Todd Payton and the Cowboys as well and Todd Payton's made a huge call first up Robbie the main man, the marquee man Valentine Holmes has moved to the wing how does that conversation go down and also is it a sign of the new coach saying you know what, reputation counts for very little, I need to see it
2: Yeah I, I think so, Yeah, it's obviously a tough call, Valentine Holmes obviously probably plays best footy on the wing to be honest, we, we thought he'd make a good fist of it at fullback last year but probably never came back into the game as well as we would have expected and um, if anything, I think it allows him you know, to go back to his best position, gain that confidence on the wing. You know, Scott Drinkwater, for me, is an exciting talent. He moves back at the, into fullback where last year he played a lot of the halves as well with, with Michael Morgan being out for a, for a long period of time. So, look, I think this is probably their, their strongest sort of team where they can get all their best players into the 17 at one time with Drinkwater at one, Clifford and Morgan in the halves. Uh, Valentine Holmes on the wing, and he's also moved Tabby Fiedo into the centres, which will be interesting as well.
0: Jake Clifford's last season at the Cowboys, is this their strongest halves? combination and do you see that continuing throughout 2021?
1: Yeah, I think this is the best combination they could put on, on paper. I, I, I didn't. I think Val Holmes is the best winger in the competition so I'm glad he actually gets to go back there and play on the wing and saves tries, scores tries. Um, well, you know he had the calf injury last yep. year and was really hampered by that but Drinkwater's a good support player, um, good catcher of the ball, can offer some ball playing which is probably what a fullback needs to do in the current club and as you said, Jake Clifford um, can help take pressure off Michael. Michael Morgan, we'd, I'd love to see him play a full season injury free as well. He's mm. For a number of years now since Thurston's retired we're, we're waiting for Michael Morgan to sort of take that role of a Jonathan Thurston but he hasn't been able to take it because of injuries and setbacks and, and that's sort of been the, the happening thing for the, for the Cowboys. So Todd Payton I think is a really entertaining play, a coach. We saw what he did with the Warriors. I feel like he's an attacking coach and will put confidence into these players. So I think this is the best position they've been in for a long while.
2: And I think with Valentine Holmes there too there's no doubt that Toddy Payton as a coach will be looking at ways to get him into the game. Mm. Yeah, he won't be just sitting on his wing waiting for the ball. I think you'll see him popping up in parts of the field that you wouldn't you know, necessarily expect a winger to pop up you know, in. So you know, there's, there's, in my opinion, I think Toddy will be structuring some sort of game plan or style where even though Van Holmes is on the wing, you know, they'll be looking to get him involved.
0: All right, let's head to Sunday afternoon footy, where the Canberra Raiders will host the West Tigers at GIO Stadium. A 4:05 PM kickoff and high hopes, of course, for Ricky's side again this season. Bailey Simonson plays his first match since Round Nine last year after undergoing shoulder surgery. Co-captain Jared Croker hasn't recovered from his shoulder reconstruction, so Sebastian Chris returns for his first NRL match since September 2019. Josh Hodgson is back in the number nine jersey after missing most of last year. with a ruptured ACL and Hudson Young replaces the departed John Bateman in the back row while Ryan James will make his debut for the Green Machine nearly 700 days after his last NRL match for the Titans. Let's check out Michael Maguire's Tigers and Madge has options this season. It looks like he's happy to use the Massive wraps on this young fullback, former Panther Dane Laurie lining up in the number one jersey and with Adam Dewey suspended, Jock Madden had been tipped to make his debut in the halves but Moses M by. We'll get first crack at 5-8 with the Panthers' former skipper James Tama massive signing for the Tigers this season. Of course, Joe Offahangawi adding another big body to the Tigers pack. Robbie, Josh Hodgson coming back from his next second knee reconstruction. Does it take him time to really rebuild his confidence?
2: Yeah, I think so. Obviously, having sat out a whole year, uh, the speed of the game's gone up as well, so it's going to take him time to get his timing back, uh, his fitness playing in the middle of the park as well it um, you know, looks like they're going to play him for 80 minutes or you've got Harvey on the bench who can play a bit of nine if, if Hodgson does need a rest but uh, Tom Starling looks like he might miss out and, and he was outstanding for them at the back end of last year and you know, for me the challenge for Josh Hodgson is going to be that the Raiders almost changed their style of play last year when he was out and they became very direct you know, almost that running game and, and Josh Hodgson isn't uh, a running dummy half, you know, he's a creative one he, he takes a lot of the ball playing off mm. the halves but I thought without them, they, they really uh, handled his, his, his absence really well. Uh, their hookers came into the game, their halves were really direct. So it's about finding that balance now um, you know, with, with him coming back into the side because he is a dominant number nine.
0: Looking at the Tigers, and a bit of a surprise in the halves, mm. noddy. Of course, Adam Dewey suspended, but is this showing us what Madge is thinking for the rest of the season?
1: No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I, I think it's a change. Obviously, it's an opportunity. Moses Zimbai, Um It's sort of been interesting with Moses. He, you know, he's played 5'8, he's played centre, he's played fullback, he's played dummy half at multiple clubs. His versatility creates him, forces him to become that fill a gap position rather than actually becoming a genuine something in the game so uh, it was co-captain there at one stage or captain last, yeah, last yeah. year so it's great leadership. Dane Laurie, as you said, there's been lots of hype over him of the off-season. They've got a genuine fullback now which is, mm. you know, what, what all clubs are sort of looking for that nine-seven-six-one one combination that can be dangerous and cradle attack. Um, James Tarmow, as you said, Robbie's been a really good signing for the West Tigers and got some leadership now so we've seen the culture that Michael Maguire's wanted to change and this... I, don't know, I just felt like this roster is a bit more settled. You know, they've got the ability to use some senior players. Now, James Roberts, let's hope that he has a, a successful stint at the West Tigers. He shows us so much promise occasionally and then has his own health issues and battles. So, you know, a happy James Roberts means a try-scoring James Roberts means that, you know, the West Tigers get the benefit of that. And maybe that opportunity to push for inside the eight, they've been, they've been knocking on the top eight for a number of years and Madge wants that to change. So, it looks like a good team to start it.
0: Certainly a good recruitment drive over the off-season. Alright, let's look at the local derby to round out. Round 1 2021 with the Dragons hosting the Sharks on Sunday evening. Net Strada, Jubilee Stadium, 6.15pm kickoff, and Anthony Griffin's Dragons. Anthony Griffin's put plenty of faith in Ben Hunt. He's named him at halfback and, of course, skipper this season. Jack Bird, we see, is back from that ACL tear. He'll play his first game for the Red V in the centres. Adam Clune at 5'8", with Corey Norman suspended. Andrew Culloch is a big signing for the Dragons this season. Josh Kerr's been named in the second row alongside Tarek Sims. And of course, uh, we'll see Tyrell Fui Mayono given first crack at lock. John Morris and his Sharkies. There was some doubt over um, Josh Dugan after he picked up a bit of an ankle issue in the trial against the Dogs, but he's going to start in the centres. Matt Moylan has been thrown the 5'8 jersey with Sean Johnson missing for the start of the season as he recovers from Achilles surgery. Really good to see Blake Braley back from that ankle injury. Aidan Tolman starting his life as a Sharkie on the bench. And Andrew Fafita lifted outside the 17 at this stage. Noddy, Ben Hunt... Anthony Griffin has said he firmly believes he's a half. He's added extra faith, if you like, and also named him as skipper. How does that sit with Ben Hunt?
1: No, oh, I suppose it puts a bit of pressure on him, definitely. Yeah. I thought the Dragons were, were pretty uh, poor last season. Ben Hunt, we didn't know if he was in or out. Is it nine or seven. So the good part of what Anthony Griffin's done is he said, you know what, you're going to play in the half-back position or you. Uh, they've gone out and invested in a, a three-year plan with Andrew McCulloch coming in. Andrew McCulloch's a great dummy half-passer. Very, very rarely runs the football, so it probably should mean that um, that Ben Hunt gets a lot more ball, or the ball that he requires, rather than having to share it with a running dummy half. So it's interesting. he's Still got Corey Norman to come back next week. Uh, I think after his one-match suspension for off-field issues is uh, done, or well, time is done. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's you know, I, you know, Anthony Griffin. I feel like he's had some great success at the two clubs he's had coaching roles at so I, I expect some high things from the Dragons but you know they'll respond from a poor Charity Shield match but it was certainly a poor match that they played.
0: What about for the Sharkies Robbie? No Sean Johnson for a couple of months. Matt Moylan thrown that 5'8 jersey mm. in his comeback from a hamstring injury. Is that a tough place to try and really rebuild your confidence?
2: I don't think so. Looking at the Shark side the thing I think that works in their advantage is they're pretty settled. Yeah, they're starting 13 at all players that were at the club last year. A lot of them played a lot of football last year. Uh, Chad Townsend's back in. He's been there a long time. Matt Moreland in the Haas. Will Kennedy played pretty much a whole season at, at fullback. So they're quite settled, which I think for them to start the season, I think they can hit the ground running and really get the jump on a lot of other teams that are still working on combinations. Um, yeah. You know, Again, if they can keep everyone fit, last year they went through their injuries last year, obviously, with a lot of key players in and out of the side Dugan, uh, Moylan, Wade Graham, a lot of these guys for feeder as well. So if they can keep them fit, I think at their best, uh, with their best 17, they can really compete against the best teams in the comp. For me, it's a, it's a matter of you know, can they get their best team on the park week in, week out? See, top eight side.
0: No it's <laughs> exactly what I was reading into that <laughs> nah. as well, Noddy. If, well,
2: <laughs> if they can keep it.
0: That is your team's <laughs> four round one action of 2021. You do not need to miss a moment of the action. It kicks off on Thursday night, of course, with an absolute cracker and you can see it on Fox Sports, on KO, on Channel 9 and, of course, on Sky Sports New Zealand as well. Now, gents, I'm not going to let you go without, I know, uh, your favourite segment in uh-huh. the entire program, your predictions... What is our round one headline? What are we talking about after this weekend? Robbie Farrer?
2: I mean, Cam Smith will come out of on Thursday morning. <laughs> from, I'm joking. I'm joking. To, to lead the storm. out. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, I, think, I think the Bulldogs will start their season with a win against the Knights.
0: Look, I'm a Novocastrian. I'm not a big fan of that prediction, but we'll give it to you. Noddy?
1: I've got to say, the leading try scorer after this weekend will be a front rower.
0: I like it. All right. Well, All right. will we yeah. come back next Tuesday and discuss whether or not either of you are on the money.
2: Why not? We reckon naughty to get another five stitches in Oztag this weekend, will <laughs> you?
1: Headgear. 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 Get the headgear, headgear. in Oztag.
0: Just even it up, make sure it's over the right. I'll put the it over
1: right. <laughs> next so, <yeah>. <laughs> uh, No stitches, but we'll see a great opening round of the yeah. NRL Can't in wait. 2021.
0: I am pumped. I'm also really pumped to be spending the season <laughs> with you both. Thank you so much yeah. for your contribution and your comments today. Enjoy round 1.
2: Awesome, really. we'll do. See you next week. Welcome! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is it from us for round one of NRL teams. We will see you back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, enjoy the footy. It all kicks off on Thursday night with an absolute crack at a storm up against the Rabbitohs. See you soon.